Hey, Chris, what's going on? What up, Todd? What's going on, buddy? Not much, buddy. What year is it right now? It's the year 2000. 2000? 2000. You know where we are? Uh, no. We're at a cheesy bar. Oh, nice. Which one? I don't know. Whatever one existed in the year 2000. What's this, uh, the sound of, Chris? Fuck, it's the sound of being single, man. Something that I am thankful that I'm not anymore. Yeah, me too. Right? Aren't you? You want to head back to 2016? Go back to 2016! <laughs> Fire up the DeLorean! <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Oddly Specific. This is Todd Matsunaga, and it's the week of May 10th, 2016. I'm here with Chris Saracino, as always. Hello. Okay. <laughs> I did my best Dan Ramsey there. Hello, Owen. <laughs> Here's your waters. Here's your waters, kids. I'm Mama Fratelli. <laughs> she was pretty epic, man. I think man. we should have a moment of silence while... Aunt Ramsey died 30 years ago. A dash of silence for Aunt Ramsey. I um I saw Anne Ramsey's photo on the internets this week and um I thought about her for a quick second. For a quick second. For, for a, a quick moment. second, for a quick moment. Um there was another actor that you and I had discussed briefly, and uh, I believe his name was Robert Zadar. You remember this dude? Oh yeah, we were talking about that this week. How, that dude had the large, like, I have a giant head. I admit this. I have a giant planet-sized noggin. No, you don't, but okay. But this guy, I mean, his jaw. Yeah, but was, he, had, he had a medical condition, though, to be perfectly honest. don't You, you did know that, right? No. no he, dude, he had, a, he had a severe medical uh, abscess when he was born. He absorbed his... You didn't know this? No. He absorbed, but, he absorbed his twin... And literally wore his twin as a jaw piece for the first fourteen years of his life. I'm I'm sensing some severe. No, lies. I'm not. I'm not like. So this dude's twin was infused. No, in his I'm jaw. totally full of shit. I get <laughs> fuck off. This is what I have to deal with on a <laughs> weekly basis. I don't know what he's saying. And I what mean, was Robert Zadar in, Todd? <laughs> um, he was in Tango and Cash, but he was yes. also in Maniac Cop. Yes. And uh, I think we should have a little moment of silence for him as well, because I believe he passed away. He died. Oh, he wait. He really died. Yeah. Oh, okay. Moment of silence then. And there we're done. Done. Like dinner. Um, you, everybody might be scratching their head, wondering what the hell that intro was about. But <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you why we did that. I had a couple of of instances in the last seven days where I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be 39 on Tuesday." And I'm so glad that I'm not single. So you're having an introspective time. Yes, okay. I was. I have been living with my wife. We were talking about this last night for, we're, it's almost, uh, it's a little over a year and a half. Things have been going great. Mm -hmm. um, we have a blended family. And uh, yeah, there's just a couple, like, you know, small things. I'm sure you could probably test this. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I opened my fridge yesterday morning and i was like oh we have groceries it, I, <laughs> i'm not used to that and i'm thankful that we have groceries like regularly you know like, and i'm not yeah. talking like hey look it's a bunch of bugles in a fridge it's not like that it's like you know we have fresh fruits and vegetables and there's color in the fridge and things aren't going bad and there's someone else who gives a shit about this food yeah that kind of thing well we were also talking about the fact that it's kind of weird that you know we're taking in more calories than we're spending in a day you know <laughs> so yeah 
<laughs> I don't know what that has to do with being single, but no, I just mean that you know when you're single, you tend to you know stay at sort of like a flat rate. I don't know about you, man. I won't talk for you, but no, you, it's you know. totally fucking true. When you're happy in a relationship, <laughs> you get fucking fat to the max. Fuck. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about this, you know. Fuck. <laughs> no, the, the I I did have a few moments. Okay, it's fucking true though, man. It is seriously. Dudes are like this. Yeah. I don't know why. I know why. Why? It's because, I mean, there was a point when I realized, when I was single, there was a point when I was living uh, at a friend of ours. Uh, he owned a property, and I was living there. And I realized how often I was, you know, eating over the sink in the dark. You oh, know, my God. That's awful. Can opener and hands. You were eating over a sink in the dark? Yeah, man, when you're single, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I never did that. Well, I never did that when I was single. All right, I'm That's ghetto. You did I'm when ghetto. You were... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> your your single life was defined by you eating over six in the dark. <laughs> yeah, you know. What's Todd doing? Oh, he's single. He's eating over the sink in I, the dark. You know what makes that visual even funnier, Chris? Is the what? fact Chris used to call me Gandalf when because uh... you were fucking a serious dude, man. You like really lightened up. Yeah, I lightened up. Post getting married. <laughs> yeah, so that's another that's just, another benefit of marriage is it lightens you up. Yeah. <laughs> just just imagine that for a second though. Imagine walking into a home and there's, you know, a little bit of mist forming on the ground. Walk into the kitchen. Gandalf the Grey is eating you were, like, maraschino yeah, cherries. Yeah, that'd be over pretty the fucked sink up. In the dark. But if we're gonna discuss this, let's be real. Okay. Let's have real talk. All right. That real talk is that you were a very serious, imposing, intimidating person before you met your wife. You know what? A lot of people still say that, that I'm super intense. You are. Todd, you are like the assassin version (laughs) of David Chang. Okay. I'm sorry. I love you, but shit. Like, I've, I've been on the butt end of your, like, annoyance twice in having known you now for, it's been almost 20 years. Yeah. And both of those times I was like, Fuck! I never want to be back here again. And I yeah. like I I was I ended up annoying or pissing you off, like unbeknownst to me. Yeah, but you know what way. though? I, I I agree. I agree. I will admit that. And there are definitely people in my life right now who have seen. You know, my wife calls it the pointy eyebrows. She says she says I look like pointy Spock. eyebrows. Yeah, she says I look like Spock. And I mean, I. You know, there's been a lot of press about resting bitch face, and I think that I probably have that like. But, but plus not, 50. Yeah, yeah. But you don't do it as much anymore. And that's because you're not single. Yeah, you know what? That probably has a lot to do. You're happier. That. Yeah. You know, your yeah, wife. Yeah, for I, sure. I know your wife. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. And she makes you happy. It, we have been together now since uh, 2005. That's amazing. No, amazing. late 2004 even. So. That's the best. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I, it's, that's great. You want to know what the secret of this is, though? What's We've discussed this multiple times. I'm what, sure she's. What's the <laughs> I'm sure she's going to be very happy that I'm airing this. But what? the secret is space for us, anyway. What do you mean space? Like, like, like we ex- talk about existential space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we talk about this pretty regularly. Like I'll get home, or she'll get home, and you know we do tasks together. You know we'll prepare dinner together, we'll clean up dinner together, we'll yeah. watch a show, we'll do this, and then inevitably the question comes up. Do you feel like looking at me anymore right now? Really? Yeah. And if the answer is no, no hard feelings, no hurt feelings, 
I'll be upstairs and you have fun reading or something, you know? Whoa. We're never up in each other's business. And, really? Uh, yeah. Huh. That's the, that's the secret. We we respect each other. Like, we have our time together and that's great, mm-hmm. but we also respect our, our you know. Hey, man, our, that's cool. Yeah. It's like, and how long have you guys been together right now? 10 years? Yeah. Fucking everybody take a cue. Yeah, different strokes of different folks, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what's your secret, Chris? What works? Well, for you? I, I, my, my, my wife and I haven't been together for ten years. Okay, but I think I used to really get annoyed when people used to say this. Okay, but I think that communication is def- is obviously key. Yeah. So, I, I guess that was my point: is that we're very forthcoming with each other about you know. Uh, our feelings of that particular day, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. we don't hold grudges with each other. We're right. very open and discussing like mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a big one. If I'm in a bad mood or if she's in a bad mood, you know, do you want to spend time with me is a very, you know, it's a good question, right? So yeah. we just air that stuff, you know, we don't, we don't try to like wiggle answers out of each other. It's just like a simple yes or no, you know, that's, do that's, you need space? Cool. Yeah. So that's uh, a, but that's communication. That's yeah, like yeah. like open, honest communication. But you know what? I kind of gave a bullshit answer there. Like, ah, communication. Men are from Mars. Well, communication. And women are from hey, you know the communication out with your wife, okay? <laughs> no. Uh, Sarah and I, yeah. the lovely Sarah, if you're listening to this, sweetie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Man, you're in my headset. Don't do that shit. What? Why? Because you're right in my headset. When I say, hey, what's up, sweetie? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear this. Oh, that makes you feel uncomfortable? No, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable, but it's directed at her. And I'm like, it's it's like if you were saying this shit at home <laughs> and I was like, oh, you were like in a cabinet under the sink. Voyeuristically on the wall. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't want to. All right, all right, all right. Anyway. Hi, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah and I have this um, have this rule. And we, we established this rule like the first two weeks of us dating. Okay. And that the rule was, because we, we have a bit of a... Um, an unconventional situation and that we have a blended family mm-hmm. and it is, it's even more important to communicate when you are a non-traditional, non-nuclear family mm-hmm. bringing, you know, people together. Uh, so we have a rule where it's like, Hey, we could talk about anything, but we always have to treat each other gently and in a very kind way. So yeah. gen- gentle and kind two yeah. words that really reverberate around our house in mm-hmm. a big, big, big way. So, and you know, it's not. Uh, we've been we've been really lucky that we've you know had a pretty uh, pretty good ride. Yeah. And uh, but you know, I think we're realistic about things, and like you know, like you got to talk, you got to communicate, you got to be honest with each other. You got to just you know. You really like had a moment this week, eh? <laughs> I did. I'm I'm not joking you seriously. Like yeah. I I I'm in a mode of gratefulness. I think. Yeah. Because, yeah, life's good. I mean, like, you know. I mean it. Like I'll open up the. Fr- these these are like super stupid, you know, superficial things. But like they kind of they're cool too because I find myself often doing things a lot of the time to kind of impress Sarah mm-hmm. and kind of like. And I'm not I'm not saying this like sarcastically. I'm yeah. Or in in an effort to make a joke, but you know, like months ago she was like, hey, you know what? Like she's like laid it on me, man. She was just like, you know what? I really appreciate if you could just make the bed. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. And mm-hmm. I have been doing it, yeah. Like, in, in effectively, like I think I've missed once or twice. I've missed it once or twice. Oh. but like I mean it. Like for a year, I've been making the bed every morning. Okay. And you know, I have this little routine where I like you know, 
fold her pajamas and put them under the bed. And like, you know, like I just, I'd make the bed, right? I'd do what she asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it goes a long way. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And she, and she does things, you know, for me, if I ask her to do them and like, you know, you just kind of log these things and go, Oh, this person's treating me really nicely. And I want that. I want to reciprocate that. And, you know, and communicate with them and like do things for them and love them and do the, you know, and then it just kind of goes on from there and it just kind of grows like a big eucalyptus plant. Why'd you choose eucalyptus? I don't know. That was the first thing that just popped in my head. But anyway, all this to say, I'm glad and I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I'm not single anymore because I'm going to be 39 on Tuesday and I'll tell you one thing. The big 3-9. Fucking pickings are slim the older you get. (laughs) (laughs) No, they really are. (laughs) The handful of people that I know who are single. Okay. It's like, I don't even want to fucking hear them talk anymore. <laughs> there's, there's two people I, I know on a more of an acquaintance level, mm-hmm. which is why I'm comfortable even mentioning this, but okay. I don't want to hear them talk about being single because it's awful. Well, you have to preside, provide examples. These are then. both guys, by the way. They're, okay. And they're both like, they're both very like strongly, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They are aggressively looking for wives. Okay. These guys are both pushing 40. They're both driving crotch rockets, which is their fucking first problem. Oh, wow. Okay. you. I mean, I don't think you can reconcile being 40 and driving, you know, a fucking souped-up Accord. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you're going to drive a crotch rocket, you got to have a Porsche. Okay, yeah. Or, like, a Jag or, or something that's, a you know, that's a coupe. That's a nice car. But are you saying that because the Accord is, like, a little bit sensible? Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, do you, well, do you associate the Honda the Honda Accord with like a race car? No. Like even the two, even the two door coupe Accords, you know, I like they're trying to look sporty, right? But you can't be forty and drive a fucking Accord, like yeah, okay, you know, and you ha- fuck, you cannot drive an Accord with nineteen inch wheels, you know, and <laughs> Pirelli tires, and fuck, God forbid you should put a wing on the back of your stupid import. So get out of that? here. Do they put like spoilers? No, but the one of these lights? guys, I hope he's listening because I don't care if he is, but like, <laughs> but one of these guys is driving like a souped up, you know, Japanese car. Okay. And the other one is just like, they're, they're both just like a, they're really preoccupied with, um, you know, I guess whatever they think, just very superficial things in people. Yeah. You know what? I, I And by the way, their MOs are to like get married ASAP. And then have kids ASAP. ASAP, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, eh, you know, I don't know. I, I think I think for both men and women, the, the pickings are slim the older you get. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. You know? Does that make me a jerk for saying that? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of, I hate to use the term, but plenty of fish in the sea on both sides. But it must be more difficult. There's someone for everybody. I know this. But I'm just saying, you know, it's... Uh, I was single for a while in my 30s. Was it horrible? Well, it wasn't horrible, but it was, you know, it was it was different than when I was in my 20s and I yeah. was single, that's for yeah. sure. Because you're older, right? So you're more established, you're you're generally looking for different kinds of things, other people are looking for different kinds of things. Generally yeah. if you're single in your 30s, I think that you're kind of like, okay, you know, like no fucking around anymore, time to fucking nail it down. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, I opened my fridge on Monday, and I was like, oh, we have groceries. Ah! <laughs> so that's why I said, thank God I'm not single and going to bars and shit. Like, I hated going to bars. So is that what I should do when I get home? Is like, wow, I've got a table. I think everybody... Table who- and chairs. 
I no think, need for the can opener anymore. <laughs> There's lights in here. I think everybody who is married or in a great committed relationship or whatever the case is, if you're not single, fucking say a prayer mm-hmm. and go, shit, you know, thank God I'm not single. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're you're lucky, especially if you're in a good relationship. If you were the jerk or if you were the horrible person. Yeah, yeah get out. Yeah, get out, go back, start fishing again, whatever. But, like, you know, if you're happy in your 30s, pushing 40s, things are good, you know, you should be you should be grateful, you know? I feel like picking up that guitar over there and you should write down some lyrics or something, man. You, Fuck that. You're all sentimental. What's going on? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I just I had a bit of a sentimental. You know, it was Mother's Day on Sunday. Yeah. Like, my mom and dad have been married for, like, a million years. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. But, you know... And my my wife's parents have been together forever. Like they're you know, and I just I I feel don't you feel inspired when you're around people who've been like happily married yeah, for yeah, like for a long sure. time for sure because it's kind of like in the minority these days. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say earlier. Is you said it's sort of an unconventional situation. I don't know if unconventional is the word you use, but about like what? blended families. Blended families are kind of unconventional. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, typically, but that's becoming more and more common. That's true. You know? It's becoming more and more common. But you know what, dude. Blended families, very difficult to, like, don't, you know, fool yourself and think that blending a family is an easy thing to do. It's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the priority is the children that you have. You have to prioritize their feelings. You have to ensure that they're comfortable, and you got to move it at whatever pace they're comfortable So it's not like you get two families together in a party Voltron, and you just... (laughs) Fuck no. Yeah, exactly. Party Voltron. Everybody come together right now. (laughs) we got to work as a team now. We have no choice, okay? No, I get it. Call your mother. Call your father. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. No, you can't do that shit, you know? So, so yeah, anyway, that's... um, I just had a bit of a revelation this week, you know? It was kind of... uh, It was nice. You know, you know what my favorite moments are is what? like when you get up on a Sunday morning, you know, and all the laundry's been done. Oh, and, fuck yeah, I know. And you know, you've cleaned everything. You, the, you've done the lawn. Everything's good. And you just wake up and you look over and you see the people that you care about. And it, there's, you know, nothing's wrong. Nothing nothing's wrong. Yeah, everything's wrong. clean. Yeah. Things have been accomplished. Yeah, Lots all your peaceful. tasks are complete. There's nothing better than Things that Sunday great. morning. Yeah, I it's know. It's funny. Everyone used to to make fun of me, but like for for a long time, uh, yeah, for a long time, our morning, <clears throat> pardon me, our Sunday uh, morning uh, routine was to get up, eat a little breakfast, and watch Coronation Street. Yes, it's true. Yeah, you know what? That sounds amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Five hours of Coronation Street on you, Sunday morning, you, CBC. You know what happened on the weekend? What? On on Sunday, yeah, I I got up and Sarah was making pancakes. Yep, and I had a flash because I remember getting up when I was single. <laughs> okay, and when I didn't have my kids, I'd get up and I'd be like, "What's for breakfast?" Oh, half half of this. Oh, Henry, and this open can of Pepsi that's in the fridge. I don't even know how it got there. Popcorn from last night? Dried Cheerios, because I have no milk. Cause Fun dip and a Gatorade. Groceries are an afterthought all the time. Yeah, man. Wow. Thank God. Yeah, so definite, definite blessings on, on that. Hashtag blessings. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag singlehood. I have a bit of, of a surprise to spring on you, Chris. Uh okay. In honor of the first podcast, I went out the other day yes. with my lovely wife. Yes. Hey. For Mother's Day. Whoa. I was like, baby, let's go out and check out a movie. 
Really? We, yeah, and we checked out Batman v Superman. Okay, I'm fucking floored. Okay. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So okay, wait, wait, before you go into your little diatribe. Okay. For context, everybody listening, Todd never fucking goes to the movies. <laughs> have you, like you have you you're notoriously slow on watching yes. films. Yeah. You saw The Force Awakens like what? Like three weeks after it came out? Yeah, I think it was probably uh, two or three weeks. Have you seen Age of Ultron? Yes, I have seen Age of Ultron. Have you seen Captain America Civil War? Uh, No. You saw that one, though, right? I pulled my kids out of school on Friday. We all went together. Wow. Best dad ever. Yeah. Hashtag best father ever. (laughs) Um, Okay, but... You you do have a reputation for seeing films late. I have a reputation for making fun of you because of this. Yeah. And now you're springing it on me very uncharacteristically that you went on Mother's Day <laughs> when you probably should have been seeing whatever your wife wanted to see. No, she was totally down. So which is amazing. Yeah. I mean she keep, loves keep uh, her right there. <laughs> yeah. She loves like she loves the Avengers. And it's it's funny, like That's she, awesome. So, you know, she loves uh Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Fuck, so do I. But in the two previous Hulk movies, like Edward Norton and uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana, yeah. She was like, no, they're no Lou Ferrigno. You know, that's saying something, though. Yeah. Because I was I was a little, um, I think both of us were a little young mm-hmm. for that era yeah. of the Hulk, which was the first, you know, the, the first age of the Hulk on on television. Yeah, like that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was, it was, you know, but I actually uh, prefer Mark Ruffalo uh, to any of the other Hulks, Eric Bana and um, Edward Norton. Okay, I think he just pulls it off better. He's, you know what? He's better as as Banner as the scientist. Yeah, yeah. and I like the chemistry that him and RDJ have. So. Yeah, but anyway, what did you think of Batman v Superman? I'm ready. You know, I I don't know if people get upset. I don't care, but I I'd, I'd give it a solid eight, man. Really, I, I would give it a solid eight, and it's only because you know I talked about nostalgia. I I mean, back in uh, the nineties, I believe, or early two thousands, I read the whole series about spoiler alert: the death of Superman and yes. the whole Doomsday stuff. Uh, Did you really just give a spoiler alert to that? It's like fucking twenty year old comic. Yeah, I know, but it, it ties in with the movie, <laughs> so maybe people didn't know that fucking Superman dies in it. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yes, all right. So the whole Doomsday Saga. So I also found it pretty neat how they drew a lot of elements from, you know, other graphic novels. Yeah. So, you know, the the Dark Knight Returns yep. and, uh, the, yeah, like I can said, I, can the I, whole Death of Superman. And, yeah. I, I, I will say this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, but. I was just going to say that the reason I gave it 8 out of 10 is I actually enjoyed it. Everyone said, you know, the, the biggest complaint was that it was incoherent um, there was also a tie-in to um, some comics and a video game that I play uh, called Injustice Gods Among Us. I have played that. Yeah, so... And I have to admit, I played it on my iPhone, on my tablet, my iPad. Okay. And I spent about $600 in in-app purchases <laughs> in that okay. fucking game that you actually suggested to me like two years ago. <laughs> Fuck you for doing that. So, you know... I'll, I, with all of the things that they added in there and all of the, the stuff that they wanted to cram in there, I'm sorry, man. I, you know, Zack Snyder had a lot to deal with, you know? And if it was yeah. a bit incoherent, you know, so be it. But I think it's maybe if you aren't familiar with a lot of the things that it drew from, that it, it probably would be a bit confusing, but it didn't confuse me at all. And, you know, my wife loved it too. 
You know, just to tie this in, that's another thing I really don't miss about being single. Okay. Fucking going to the movies alone. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. Because no one, like, like, no one really, fuck, oh, God, thank God I'm not single. I picture you putting on a tweed jacket and <laughs> pretending to be, like, a critic. I'm here to review this, you, film. You know what the worst part about that, like being a bit of a nerd and what? loving all the sci-fi shit is like, yeah, I admit, I'd go to the fucking movies alone Yeah, because no one wanted to go see things like Aliens versus Predator Requiem. <laughs> Requiem, yeah. Yeah, no, literally. I remember I was, I was, no one wanted to see that shit. I'm yeah. telling you, it's, it's like, hey, uh, want to go see AVP uh, R Requiem? <laughs> I don't even know yeah. what that is. What is an alien? What is a predator? Yeah. What? We're breaking Who up. Who are you talking to? <laughs> Where was I? Man, okay, fuck you. You never wanted to go to the movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you were always doing something, like, whatever. You know, like, playing your guitar and being, you know, very, very, very dramatic in the dark, eating <laughs> eating sandwiches over fucking sinks. <laughs> Shut up, man. I guarantee you I'm not alone. But anyway, bringing this back to, to the Batman v Superman thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think... This is the this is the problem I had with how the movie was critically received. Okay, is that they fucking destroyed the film? Yeah, they annihilated it. Annihilated it. Well, yeah, that's a bit of an understatement. It got like fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like yeah. a super super low, uh, low score. And I watched it. It was a long film. Mm-hmm. I thought Ben Affleck was super badass as yeah. Batman. He's the best Batman in my view. Hashtag best Batman. Best bat. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was up there. I mean, he. I thought he was the best. He was the reason why he was the best is because like he didn't give a shit. Yeah. This Batman. Uh, he seemed. He seemed like he was actually a product of his environment. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like he was. Um, I just found him to be like he was mentally ill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was not well. Yeah. He was obsessed. Excuse me. He was obsessed with like doing damage to superman like, yeah. like are we just spoiling the shit out of this i think so yeah fuck it i don't care he, he wanted to fucking murder superman yeah, yeah like and not just murder him he wanted to end his ass like and he and like he didn't give a shit like it, he kills people in this movie mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he kills people yeah he does kill yeah people. there's like yeah. bullets fly jody at one point was saying like what's going on there are bullets flying why is batman shooting people yeah and, he didn't give a shit he's got yeah. like a bunch of cool tech he like kicks ass hand to hand. Yeah. The only like I'm not joking, not to have a nerdgasm here between two universes of of comic book lore, but the only other hand to hand combatant that I think put like would probably give Batman a, a run for his money would be mm-hmm. Captain America. Okay. Like Chris Evans is Captain America because mm-hmm. he like I saw Civil War on Friday. There's some killer killer fight scenes in that film. You know, you know what was funny? I was like, when we were uh, watching Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. I was like, that's GSP, man. What yeah. the hell is GSP doing in this movie? Who did he play? He played, um, the uh, well, obviously he was a French guy, but he was in the comics, uh, Balrog. Yeah. Or was it Balrog? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting confused with Balrog from Street Fighter 2. <laughs> no one, you know, what was his name? Balrog. Balrog the fighter, but what was, the, what was GSP's name in Winter Soldier? Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway. To IMDb. IMDb that shit, um, but yeah, I thought I thought Batman v Superman was um, was very unfairly uh, critically received. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I'm not really a Marvel fanboy or mm-hmm. a DC fanboy, 
Um, but yeah, I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. I think that's I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and you know what? Maybe because I saw it later after all of this stuff yeah. and everyone's saying the negative things about it, I walked in thinking like, "Wow, this is gonna be a terrible, terrible movie." But you know, you know, the problem is, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. is that um, the DC Comics universe. They are not, or they did not do what Marvel did. Marvel, I think, took a page from the Harry Potter movies and mm-hmm. said, you know what? We're going to fucking really tell each one of these stories really, really well. We're going to focus on super, super quality in terms of the story arcs. Okay. And the characters, we're not only going to do justice to these great books, but we're going to really like manifest these films into elements that stand on their own. Well, I I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And they did a good job of tying them all together, and and that's a difficult thing to do. And I and I think that Marvel has really taken a page from that and gone like, we're not fucking around. Yeah, I think we should watch DC though, man, because like we said before, yeah. things are cyclical. And I mean, if yeah. you look at the first Superman film, I mean, you know, that was slaying everything. If you look at the first Captain America films. You know, or the first fan, uh, Fantastic yeah. Four film, like they were steaming piles. You know, but what I mean? but but wait a second. Like, well, let, let's put it into perspective here. Okay, the history with Marvel is yeah. that like all the shitty stuff that had a Marvel stamp on it. Yeah, Marvel Studios didn't do. I know, I know. That's the thing. Fucking Fox fucked all of this shit up. Last night I watched Fantastic Four. It's on Netflix. And okay. Here's another thing that's kind of suspicious. When a big budget film gets to Netflix within three months of three flopping, months, yeah. you know it's fucking, they're desperate. Yeah. Okay, but I'm talking about all the Marvel Studios stuff. So this started with like Iron Man, Iron Man 2. Like Iron Man was really the, the pivotal film that you know started this whole thing off. But... Um, you know, the Fantastic Four movies were awful. Um, the the most recent Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. uh, questionable, I think, at best. Okay. Uh, I did enjoy the Sam Raimi, the first three Sam Raimi movies that okay. Sony did. But all this to say, the point I'm trying to make is that Marvel has really owned their, their characters and their brand, and they're not fucking around with any of this stuff. Yeah. As was proven with the appearance of, spider-man in civil war which i saw on friday and it was great like tom holland plays the the character amazingly well so what are you giving civil war civil war is an incredible movie like it's the critics are loving it uh it was a super solid story i came out of it it's long it's about two and a half hours long and i was like this i'd say was up there in the top three best superhero movies i've ever seen you know what i'm realizing too which is kind of funny who's that who's that movie reviewer that just loves everything is it Peter Travers? Peter Travers. <laughs> oh, loves, Rolling Stone. Yeah, Peter loves Travers loves everything. Yeah. He, like, he, I mean, any movie. He Human Centipede Two loved it. Four loved stars. It. <laughs> <laughs> I could be the next Peter Travers, man. It doesn't take a lot from a movie to make me happy. Yeah. So, you know, Rolling Stone. If you need another, what did Peter, Peter Travers, Travers give Batman v Superman? Oh, I should look that up. Hmm. Leonard Maltin was like that too, wasn't he? Uh, sort of. I don't, you know, I have Leonard Maltin's Guide to the Movies, which is like all of his critical reviews. <laughs> okay. Between the, like, in the 80s and the yeah. early 90s. It's a big, thick book. Yeah. And I just, I remember reading this and going, like, fuck, he gave Sophie's Choice like a perfect grade. Like, <laughs> I like Sophie's Choice, but shit, like, <laughs> wasn't that good, yeah. you know? He gave yeah. Schindler's List like three stars. No. <laughs> but he didn't give it as high. No, he didn't. Don't quote me on that. Okay. But, even though I just publicly said it. But isn't he dead? Leonard Maltin? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's Roger Ebert. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him. I miss I miss Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, that was cool. They I remember um 
I found uh, this tape, this v- VHS tape of like music videos that I had recorded. And it was all like hair metal bands from like the <laughs> Pepsi Power Hour on Much Pepsi, Music. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I guess I was switching channels when I was recording. Mm-hmm. And there was this um, uh, review. It was like Siskel and Ebert, the show. And they okay. were like, this week we're watching Goodfellas by Martin Scorsese. What'd you think, Gene? And and, he, and he's like, well, you know, I had a lot. And like, they're going into this official critique of Goodfellas, which is a movie that's like, what, almost 30 years old at yeah. this point? That's one of my favorite movies, actually. Yeah, me too. And Casino. I think yeah. Goodfellas is like way better than Casino, but... I I like those gangster films that Scorsese did. Mean Streets, uh, you know. It's it, I mean it's kind of a good weird it's, it's kind of with my, uh, like a weird aside, but uh my first exposure to Goodfellas was the people freaking out about that steady cam shot. You know that shot when they get out of the car yep. and they go all the way all through the, way the through club. All the way through the club, it's one constant shot. That no the, cuts, no edits. And yeah. it's, it's like, what, three and a half minutes? Yeah, it's crazy. They, so They put the table down. They they Him and Lor- Ray Liotta and Lorraine Bracco yeah. walk through the back of this club, through all the kitchen, Upstairs, the whole thing, everything, yeah. get seated, and they pulled it off. You know how hard that is to do? Yeah, it's it's like no hard. no fucking joke. Like, yeah. It's it's hard thing to do. Um, Anyway, all this to say, I just want to bring this back to Batman v Superman. Yeah. Donna Justice was not that bad. And I'm convinced that part of the reason why I got so destroyed uh, with critics is because Superman is the oldest um, is the oldest comic book character. So do you think he's getting worn out? No, I don't think he's getting worn out. I, I think Zack Snyder should be um, applauded for doing justice to this character, no pun intended, mm-hmm. um, the best to date. Like, Zack Snyder is not known as a super you know a super strong storyteller he's a visual he's a visualist yes and he is very good at taking uh comics which are in essence storyboards and uh and producing good films from that yeah you know 300 is a good movie uh the watchman or watchman was a good movie um sucker punch sucked a bag of dicks it was awful (laughs) it was really bad did you see sucker punch I uh, started watching. I don't think I made Sucker it Punch was was really bad. Okay, it was, uh, and I'm not. I'm but not I bet sure. you it looked good. It looked gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, it looked like a like an expensive. It looked like you know what? Because he used uh, a Bjork track in it, and it was interesting because I remember watching that film for the first time and going, "Fuck, this is like a winner cast. It's like visually breathtaking. Yeah, it's got steampunks. It's got fucking kick ass." Karate ninja ladies, uh, guns, violence, mm-hmm. tech, like, but it, the, there was no story. It was it was literally just like a big music video, and I I ended up getting this feeling that I think Zack Snyder was like jerking off watching Bjork videos and like, you know, fucking. <laughs> How can I make a video? Who's for this that song? guy? You know, you you know the film director. I think it's um, Chris Cunningham. Chris Cunningham did a video for Aphex Twin called Window Liquor. Window Liquor, yes. yes. Okay, so everybody do yourselves a favor and Google Window Liquor by Aphex Twin. Or don't because you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it, but you have to admit, visually, that video is unlike anything you have ever seen or probably ever will see in your life. And that's what I think. That's what I think happened. Is Zack Snyder was in like film school, and he's like, "Oh, I was like jerking off, thinking like, oh, I want to be Chris Cunningham, or I want to be Michelle Gondry, or I want to be some of these really compelling visualists yeah. from the early to mid two thousands." And I think he applied that to filmmaking in a Hollywood capacity. And that's the thing is like you know 
visually, you know, I thought Man of Steel was a was a good movie. It mm-hmm. wasn't a bad movie. Yeah. Um, I thought Sucker Punch was not a good movie at all. <laughs> but I can tell when I, for me anyway, I can tell when directors are like making a concerted effort to really do the best they can to tell a story. I think that's that's factoring into my score that I'm giving it yeah. is there was so much that they probably had him pack into that film. Yeah. Um you gotta keep in mind, Chris Nolan, I think, was was producing. Producer. Yeah, yeah. Was a, was a producer was, had a producer credit on yeah. this. And I I kind of got the feeling that they DC was kind of serious about going, okay, well, here's Chris Nolan, and this guy really knows how to fucking tell a story. Yeah. And he doesn't even use a lot of CGI in his films, you know? So, so yeah, we're going to get this guy in a production mantle here and just oversee Zack Snyder, keep it up, keep him on a leash. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out another bit of a spoiler, but back to the whole injustice angle. The thing, the part of the movie that I'm referring to is when, uh, I, I believe it's The Flash, comes through this portal in, in uh, yeah. Batman's dream. Fucking badass. And that's sort of a direct link to this injustice to the, yeah. series, right? Yeah. And for, yeah. you know... For those of you who know nothing about it and don't care, um, Superman is actually the villain in, in that story arc. So why is he the villain? He's the villain because the Joker tell man- the people. Yeah, the Joker manages to get Superman to murder Lois Lane and his unborn child. Uh, he deceives him unknowingly. Unknowingly. And Superman loses it and murders the Joker. And it just goes downhill from there. He sort of creates a, you know, new world order under him and takes Mm -hmm. over everything, takes over the Justice League. And Batman is one of the only people in the resistance. So it's a pretty interesting storyline. But at the same time, I was wondering, like, are they going to take Superman that dark, you know? Well, they they didn't in the movie. Yeah. But... But if they're if they're hinting at it, if they're hinting at it, I I don't know where the Flash was in whatever parallel universe, but it's safe to say, obviously, that's occurring there. Maybe that'll they'll hit on that in the next film. But anyway, long story short, they really unfairly panned that film. Yeah, and Ben Affleck was good in it. Henry Cavill, 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 Cavill was good in it. I thought everybody was. uh, It it was. It was a fine film. It was. uh, I thought it wasn't an awful story. It was good. It was. It was long. It was entertaining. There were some really good action sequences in it. Um, and I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad. However, with that said, I think they got to ditch Zack Snyder now at this point. Okay. Because I think that it just... I, I got the overwhelming feeling that it's just beyond Zack Snyder's ability to rein all this stuff in. Okay. They got to get a series of directors. Who uh, would your recommendation be? Well, Ben Affleck's a solid storyteller, and okay. now he's doing a standalone Batman film. So I think that's a that's a good step in you know step in the right direction. David Ayer, who did uh, a very good film, um, he's done great films. He he did Harsh Times with Christian Bale. Uh, he did. Um, End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal and what's that? The the Mexican actor. He was in Fury too, which is another David Ayer movie. Okay. Michael, oh Michael Pena. Pena. Oh yeah, yeah. Michael Pena. Yeah. Uh, Fury with Brad Pitt was fantastic. So David Ayer is doing uh, Suicide Squad. Okay. Uh, Jared Leto looks like a badass Joker. Okay. Um, so I think they yeah they need to get some people like that like you know um, David Ayer Ben Affleck's a good one. I don't know if this is right or wrong. Tim Miller, the guy who did Deadpool, you know, he's another good story. Okay, yeah. You know, like... Do you think it's wrong of me, though? Because I kind of loop Zack Snyder in with the Brian Singers and the... You know what I mean? Yeah, Brian Singer's a good storyteller, though. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm just, I, I find that, you know, if they could get someone more interesting, like a different, not too out there, but just yeah. a different vision on all of this now, you know? That's why I think the Christopher Nolan Batman movies really appealed to a lot of people is because it was sort of a different take on everything, you know? You know what it was, man? It wasn't a fantastical take. Yeah. Chris Nolan's take on that story yeah. was very gritty and very metropolitan and mm-hmm. very rooted in real life. Yeah. Like, it was very techie. But it wasn't over the top techie. It wasn't Iron Man techie. Yeah. You know, like I love Iron Man. I love Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But especially after having seen Civil War, I was like, it is physically impossible to have a suit of armor that can withstand like rounds from a fucking Vulcan cannon. Yeah. You know, fold up in your briefcase. I'm like, come on. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's the it's the Avengers universe, right? But that's that's the thing about Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan's like, hey, there's this thing called physics. And, you know, you can't defy it generally, yeah. you know, yeah. so Batman works within the concept of reality. And, and it's agree. it's pretty interesting too to look at Batman Begins versus mm. the Great next movie. two movies. Yeah, it, but he started, started going sort of on the more fantastical side in Batman Begins and then reined it all in oh, on big the next time. two yeah. movies. So yeah. I wonder what drove him to do that. I wonder why he decided to step away from, you know, I kind of like that about those films, though, yeah. because it made it seem more real. Yeah. And anything that's more real is more relatable, personally, mm-hmm. yeah. and emotionally. Yeah. So, at least I think so. So, I think that's that's part of the reason why he did that. And I, I also think, since he followed up in that film with The Dark Knight, that he knew he was reestablishing um, the franchise, and, you know, to some degree, with um, the Joker being the antagonist. Yeah. And, you know, he really hit that out of the park with Heath Ledger. Like, Heath Ledger owned that whole film. Yeah. You know, in such a huge way. Even Christian Bale acknowledged that. Even that he did, he, yeah. You know, he, it's like... He was background. And Christian Bale is a fucking badass actor. And I'd love to see what that guy would do with the Joker. Because mm-hmm. I remember I remember having seen uh, The Fighter. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw The Fighter, I was in the theater, and I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to win the Oscar for this. Okay. Did you see The Fighter? No. Fuck! You got see the fighter already, <laughs> man. The fucking film's like I'm ten years old. I'm not gonna watch the fighter. You why? I'm telling you, it's an amazing film. All right, Is it I, on? and you know what? I know Jody would love it. Jody's definitely seen that movie. Okay, it occurs in Boston. Okay, and it's a fantastic film. All right, and it and it shows Christian Bale's chops. Okay, which is so bizarre because he's he's working with. Um, oh, David O. Russell mm-hmm. on that film, yeah. and he was also in another movie with David O. Russell called American Hustle, where he was also brilliant. Everybody, okay. Everybody's brilliant in these David O. Russell films. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to see what Christian Bale would do as the Joker. Um, you know, but just bringing this back to, to Donna Justice, I just, you know, I thought Donna Justice was a, was a good movie. Generally, uh, uh, I am looking film. forward to what they do next. You know? Well, we'll see what happens. That's all, that's all I really asked for. If I walked out of there and said, like, all right, I don't want to see any more of these ever again, mm. You know that's a that's a failure, but I, you know I do, I, I kind of want to see what happens with the Flash now, well, and even Aquaman. Everyone hates on Aquaman. I want to check that out. You know, speaking so. of which, you know who's playing the Flash is Ezra Miller. Yeah, have you seen? We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> you know I'm gonna say no. Fuck. Fuck tell off. Me, with tell your, me about this. Why movie. you have? A fucking movie channel. You have like seven TVs in this house. I know. Fucking okay. Wait, you're not probably not gonna watch this film. But Ezra Miller is an interesting actor because he was in this movie with uh, Tilda Swinton, 
And of all people, John C. Riley, he was like, <laughs> John C. Riley is hilarious, but this guy's like, took a page from Bill Murray, I guess, but mm-hmm. he, he does these like very dark films sometimes and then goes to like super hilarious shit. He's like, yeah. you know, that he, guy, I don't know. Waivers. Just, I he, talk about, I've talked about that guy quite a bit and he's got one of those faces. He doesn't have to say anything. You just look at his face and it's funny, you know? I know, man. You just have to watch Step Brothers and fall in love with both of them. <laughs> yes. But anyway, um, Ezra Miller was in this movie. We need to talk about Kevin that is about a homicidal kid. Wow. Yeah. And the, and the mom, like is intimately aware that he's got homicidal tendencies. And so he, was he good in it? He's uh he was really, he was, he acted the role really well, but it was really dark okay. and it was really uh, scary and terrifying. So for me, that's my reference of Ezra Miller. And now he's the flash. You know? I'm going to throw out that. I find Tilda Swinton a little bit scary. She's weird. eh? I don't know. If she's weird. I, I mean, obviously I've never met her. All I can judge it, you know, on is her acting selections and I, i'm just saying she's weird because like in real life apparently she's very standoffish oh, I, think yeah. she's, I think she's brilliant um but she, she still still this one is interesting because she can she can kind of um float between being very ve- very feminine mm-hmm. and then being very androgynous yeah yeah like seamlessly which yeah. makes her very interesting for mm-hmm. me anyway because um like she did, she did. Uh, you ever see that movie Constantine? Yeah, I yeah, have. You, seen oh, you it. have seen that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, she was. She played the angel Gabriel. Yeah. Right? And it was. I believe she, it was Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah, Gabriel, or, or, or was she an archangel? Anyway, uh, but she did a good job in that in that yeah. role. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. So there's you know? a bit of controversy with her right now, right? With Doctor Strange. Oh, I don't know that. Okay. So, yeah, there's a, a bit of controversy going on right now because she plays a role that was a Tibetan man. Oh, and okay. And they went on record and said that they didn't want to have any political issues with China by casting a, you know, a Tibetan role. So they throw Tilda Swinton in there. Man, this has been a thing lately, actually. This is topical in okay. the news. Because I watched that movie... Um, Gods and men. I don't remember. It was with Christian Bale. Oh yeah, and it's like Ex- no Exodus. Sc- Scottish dudes playing. Yeah, yeah. Egyptian was, gods. I think it was called Exodus. I'd reach for my phone. Gerard right now. Butler, right? No, it was it was um, the guy who uh, the the Aussie actor. He was in Black Mass. Joel Edgerton. Joel yeah, Edgerton yeah, okay. Was Ramses. No man, that was no. uh, that uh, was, was the one of the story of Moses. Yeah, yeah. Exodus. Ex- yeah, okay. yeah. It was Exodus because he leads the Jews. Yeah, G- Exodus, gods, and Egypt. Well, yeah, I can't. Yeah, even gods and name. kings. There, there we Christian go. Sorry, Bale and Exodus, Joel gods and kings. No need <laughs> yes, to IMDb yes, it. Yes. So, so Joel Edgerton is, um, I believe, he's Ramses. Yeah. And Christian Bale is Moses. Yep. And there was controversy over this because they cast fucking. A British guy, an Australian guy, yeah. you know, and this is a this is a thing now where where and I kind of I kind of think they're right about it to be honest with you because it's you know you don't um, you should try to cast people that kind of look the part yeah appropriately like you wouldn't cast you know you wouldn't cast a guy who's not Japanese or not Asian looking at least to play the role of Emperor Hirohito <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, Christian Bale as Emperor <laughs> Hirohito. Because I'm just thinking about those. You know that Jerry Lewis movie where he plays the the Asian dude, the Asian neighbor. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I was I yeah. We but had, that was Andy Rooney, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Andy Rooney. It was Jerry Lewis. Oh, it was okay. Or maybe it was Andy Rooney. I think it was Andy Rooney. Oh, it was okay. Very very offensive. But Jerry Lewis has also done the Asian shtick too, yeah. and that was and now that's considered totally out of date and offensive, right? Yeah. So, I think there is a, a necessity to be kind of. Um, I don't know if this is unfair to say, but just you know, I'm half Japanese. Yeah. And. I look around at the media and the movies and the TV and T and the TV. I look and around. The TV. I watch the motion pictures. I watch the cinema in the box. And if you want to talk about like under underrepresented uh, ethnic groups, man, there's there's not very many Asian people on television. I'm like, don't kill off Glenn on The Walking Dead, you know? Like, please, <laughs> just keep one Asian. What on other TV. Asian guys on TV besides you know? Glenn? Uh, and I mean, that's a whole huge continent, right? So I don't want to just say Asian, but, um, you know, you have, uh, Daniel Day Kim, who's on like, uh, oh, yes. Hawaii Five-0. Yes. Keep him around. Come on. You yeah. know, um, he was also in Lost, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Man, you know, what's funny about this. What? I'm not changing the topic. It's, it's related to what we're discussing. Okay. So like I was saying, we have a movie night every Friday night. Okay. Last movie night. Guess what I picked? What? Picked the fucking Joy Luck Club. No, you didn't. Yes, really? Yes, I did. And I have ten year old twins. Okay. So my wife and my ten year old twins were like, "What the hell are you choosing? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of all the movies to choose, you yeah. choose the Joy Luck Club." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, it's a good film, mm-hmm. and it is a good movie." So anyway, we watched it. My kids were like, "What the fuck is this film?" They were, they were really <laughs> upset with okay. me. They were, they were like. We don't understand. Of all the things to choose, you're a superhero geek and nerd. And but why? Why did you? Why the that? Joy Luck Club? I don't know. I just saw it on on demand, and I was just like, ah, it's a good movie. And, and I, I, I guess subconsciously, I didn't. I want to kind of, you know, choose something that's isn't the same thing all the time. I want mm-hmm. the kids to maybe watch this film. In my mind, I was like, the kids are going to watch this film, and they're going to they're going to develop this appreciation for the elements of family and yeah. their mothers and the relationship between daughters and their moms. But that and didn't work at all, right? No. They were, they totally fell asleep they halfway hated through it, it. Every minute. They were it. just kind of like, "Ah, we don't get this. We like explosions and, you know, people flying and shooting beams out of their eyes and shit like that, you know? Okay. So, I'm going to ask you a question point blank. Sure. Do you ever have uh, moments when you are like you know instead of the explosions and superheroes and all this you're like i'm gonna see what's going on in dramas in the drama section yeah Yeah. and have you ever you know picked just some weird random drama and felt insanely rewarded for that after because you're so used to this like guy or girl is the chosen one and beats everything and they live happily ever after. Yes. Yes. I get so sick of that after a while. So, you know, this happened recently. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I saw the movie, the big short, which is kind of a drama. Okay. It's a bit of a comedy too, but it was actually really good. We enjoyed the film Mm -hmm. and, um, I saw blue Valentine. Okay. Yeah. With Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. How'd you like that? It was good. It was pretty heavy, though. Okay. Um, but yes, anyway, to answer your question, yeah. I love those moments. I yeah. love those moments when you have no expectations of a movie. And, and you it, get totally blown away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not, and it's like not an easy blown away. Yeah. It's like a drama or yeah. it's a documentary or yeah. um, I find that happens a lot of time when I watch Vice specials. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like Killing Cancer. Did you see that one? No. Fuck, man. I was like, holy shit. Is that where they're reprogramming viruses? To yeah. You? Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. 
it's it's like totally blew my mind. It's like good quality documentary style films. I'm I'm slowly being barred from watching documentaries. Why? Because I get insanely angry when I watch. Who's barring you? Your wife? Uh, yeah. I mean, she she would never say like, "Don't watch that," but she's like, "Yeah, you know, it's kind of like." It's kind of like those Snickers commercials. I turn, <laughs> in, I turn into Joe Pesci after. <laughs> Come Have on. Have a Snickers bar. You're, You're not yourself. telling me. <laughs> oh, my God. You make me pop your fucking eye out for this. <laughs> Listen, there's something else I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, this is kind of fucking crazy. But, you know, Prince died two weeks ago. Sucked big time. Yeah. I've been listening to Prince almost every day since his death. And fucking Sinead O'Connor came out on public record this week, like just a few days ago, mm-hmm. and accused Arsenio Hall. This is so bizarre. It's can't, really surreal. It's it's this is so insane. Like this, I'm not saying she's insane. I'm not saying that he's insane. I'm saying the situation is so crazy. It's really crazy. Uh, so I was reading up on this. Yeah, today. she accused Arsenio Hall of like being killing Prince. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, she's she's she said that Arsenio Hall should be investigated because he was one of his suppliers. What do you think of this? Um, I mean, the difficult part is and no disrespect to Sinead O'Connor, but she's said a lot of things online and a lot of provocative things. Um, she's had a lot of episodes when she has uh, called people out. You know, and, you know, obviously there was the thing on SNL where she tore up a picture of the Pope. You know, she's she's done a lot of things that have caught a lot of attention. So you got to wonder, to me, it's, it actually seems more credible because of that, you know? Like, I don't think she would be the type of person that would just, like, pick Arsenio Hall at random and be like, this, this guy killed Prince, you know? Like, he's know, responsible. Man. I don't know. You got to keep something in mind. Yeah. To, to remember, but Sinead O'Connor accused Prince of locking her in a closet. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah, I do. And she also accused him of hitting her. Hitting her, yeah. And and said that when they were recording, um, whatever that song was, uh, Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. Or they, were, they did a writing session or something like that. She went to Paisley Park. No, this was that was after or she was had after. done it. Yeah. She she hadn't even met him when she recorded that she song. She said they came to fisticuffs. Like, and they were hitting each yeah, other. Yeah. She, she put it like she was summoned there, and she was like, you know, you don't summon me. You don't summon me, basically. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty intense. So I actually looked up a clip. There's clips online of her on Arsenio Hall's show, mm-hmm. and watching them are super awkward now. Really? Yeah, yeah. They they're so I she was on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, yeah. Back in the the heyday of the Arsenio Hall show, she was on there. I don't know. Sinead O'Connor has had a history of saying outrageous things. There's yeah. no doubt about that. You know okay? me though, man. I, it's I'm kind of like. Well, no, I'm not. You you have to take this and go hey there's you know that that's her truth right so like but that's that's what i mean is it's it's uh he said she said scenario but i think that's kind of like super surreal to just make up you know i just think it's pretty random to make up yeah it's like you know kill prince arsenio arsenio yeah fucking arsenio where's the dog pound have you watched arsenio hall lately uh, his no. new show is awful. No, well, yeah, it, and his old show was massive. Like that was his old show was huge. Yeah, but it was also not that great. Yeah, he was an awful interviewer. Yeah, like, he was. He was just shitty. Yeah. <laughs> he was not good. He he just come out <laughs> tell stupid shitty jokes. 
I beg to differ. I loved that show. No, I did not like. Well, yeah. Okay, wait. I did like Arsenio Hall when I was a kid. He had the best guests. Yeah, like, there were no real no, but comedies. like, there like were no look at it from the right. perspective of how he asked questions, how he interviewed. Okay, I mean, fuck, he was worse than Shad. Shad is awful too. <laughs> I'm saying it. I don't care. Shad is not a good so interview. You hate Q now? I'm not a huge. I, I prefer Pia Chattopadhyay. Chattopadhyay. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, Pia Chattopadhyay. Okay. I think is a better interviewer. So you think Shad's horrible? Shad. Eh? I have difficulty listening to Shad. Okay. I have nothing against him. I don't know him. Okay. Um, unlike Matthew Good, <laughs> but, <laughs> why do you hate anyway? Him? <laughs> um, but Shad is—I don't know—I just—I I have difficult—I have a difficult time sitting through Shad. Okay. Um, and I and I in, when I look back on Arsenio Hall episodes, I'm like, fuck, this is awful. Like he was—you could so, tell the guy was just riding on Eddie Murphy's coattails, as okay. far as I was concerned. And I watched some of his new daytime show, and he fucking had George Lopez on. <laughs> who also had a talk show called Lopez. Yeah, Lopez. Uh, but he had George Lopez on, uh, Lopez, and then he had Danny Trejo, you know, Machete. Yeah, yeah, Machete. Um, it just, like, it's it's, cr- it's cringeworthy, man. It's, it's awful. Yeah, and I was thinking about this today, too. It's pretty interesting. I was like, when? Fuck you, Arsenio. Like, what was the last thing that you heard Sinead O'Connor do? And I think the last thing that I heard her do was uh, that record that Massive Attack did, 100th Window. Oh, yeah. I love her voice, man. I won't lie. I, th- I think she's got an incredible voice, very powerful voice, but she's done some, like, weird shit. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. I, um, my favorite Sinead O'Connor song is Fire on Babylon. Okay, Have yeah. Have you ever heard that song? I remember you obsessively listening Holy to that shit. song for a long time. Beautiful, man. beautiful, beautiful production. Beautiful what was song. the first song that you heard by Sinead O'Connor? Um... Oh, I don't remember, but it was it was before nothing compares to you. It was one of her like Billy Bragg esque, uh, you know, activist songs. From I, th- I think the first it was definitely anti Catholic though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the first song that I I heard, and it was the lyrics that caught me on it. Actually, it was a track called Jackie, and I think it was on the line in the Cobra, and it's mm-hmm. really haunting. It's the story yeah. of a lover who is dead mm-hmm. waiting for their significant other to come back and they're not coming back. So it's like the ghost of this woman waiting for her lover to return. It's very like haunting. That's very macabre. Yeah. So that I mean, I don't know if I liked it back then. I, I mean, I haven't listened to it obviously in decades now, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know, I, it caught my attention. Yeah, she's um, she's an interesting character. Huge talent. Um. Anyway, <laughs> again. But now you're laughing because you're I going just, over I, to like. I just don't. I can't put <laughs> Sinead O'Connor Hall. and Arsenio Hall in the same box. <laughs> like, there's not even any reason for them to share an elevator, as far as I'm concerned. Like, what universe would these two people yeah. like even commiserate with each other? Yeah. You know. But like, I, what other yeah. what are other weird pairings? I don't know? know. There's there's a whole bunch of them. And that none like, of them that come to mind. Yeah, anything. like just Sinead O'Connor and Arsenio Hall. Yeah, that's like Snoop Dogg and Gloria Steinem. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's no don't don't make no sense. Yeah, doesn't logically <laughs> make any sense. So yeah, she accused her, she accused Arsenio Hall of killing Prince. Yeah. So that happened this week, and then some other shit happened this week too. Ted Cruz dropped out of the Republican primaries. So it's basically Trump John Kasich right? too. So it's literally just Trump now. Yeah, and I think John Stewart called him a man baby. 
You know what? I, you know what's really fucked up about this? What? Like, people are being stupid about this shit. Okay. okay? And and I heard Bill Maher said this said the same thing this week too, or last week, late last week. He said, "Fucking don't. No one should assume that Hillary will be the president because that's going to be the biggest fucking letdown if Trump were to win the general election." Do you think there's going to be a massive turnout for this one? Like, do you think? I think so. Yeah, yeah. probably. But like. Uh, it's just the idea of Donald Trump being the president is also hilarious. It's yeah, but we like you can't think about it as hilarity anymore, you know? No, because he's going to be the Republican nominee, and he like I'd be interested to go back and listen to this episode of Oddly Specific in November after the general election is yeah. concluded. Yeah, because it could be a President Trump. Now, the polls are suggesting otherwise. Yeah, but don't fucking trust anything yeah. into the fucking. The show's over, yeah. you know? But I just imagine for a second Donald Trump as president. Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, it'd be crazy. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. doesn't make any sense. It also makes no sense that he's the Republican nominee. Well, I, I mean, that's probably the reason why everyone shouldn't be laughing about this, right? Like, Everyone's it's not like, funny. ha, 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 you know? It's and, not uh, funny. And, yeah. and, and, like, statistically, you know, when the Republican primary started... You know, he was at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of a likelihood to succeed, to be the candidate. He had to go against the establishment. He had to go against super PACs. He had no political experience. Like, Do you then think that's part of his appeal? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's The, the anti-establishment candidates or, or characters, anybody who's anti-establishment is, is popular, right? Yeah. Uh, or they have a, a, a higher likelihood of being popular. But let me tell you about other anti-establishment people. Okay. Like Hitler. <laughs> he was anti-establishment. Do you think, like, are you taking it there, though, that far? Yeah, like, dude, I'm fuck, yes, I'm taking it there, because that uh, Hitler was. Hitler was an anti-establishment candidate. Yeah. But- he was anti-business-as-usual German government post-World War I. Do you, do you think that that could happen in the United States? Uh yeah, I think it can happen anywhere, man. Okay. It can happen anywhere. Don't I, fool yourself. I agree with you to a certain extent. There's a re- there's a there's a surge of these populist politicians who are barking things about patriotism and building walls and excluding people and, you know, Stoking, yeah, he's not stoking he, fear. He's and, not he's not backing down on that at all, eh? No. He's backing down on a lot of things, but he's not backing down on that at all. No, and you know what? You know when you know when populist candidates really have a higher likelihood of winning? When it's on the heels of a polarizing figure, yeah. namely Obama. Obama, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, has been a, such a stellar president. He's been I would I would dare to say he's been probably the best president in my view of the last thirty years. And what is your evidence of this? My my that opinion what do you base that, that on? opinion is based on the job he did post the most significant financial meltdown since the Great Depression. Okay. He brought the unemployment rate from the I believe it was the high sevens, almost eights, down to five percent. Okay. Which I think is technically, correct me if I'm wrong, um, considered full employment. I love how you say correct me if I'm wrong and I'm just kind of sitting here like scratching my head. I know you're not going to correct me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did that. He uh, killed bin Laden. Uh, he's got an approval rating right now and is in like the last few months of his pregnancy, uh, pregnancy, pregnancy his pre- yeah. presidency <laughs> rather. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that that's hovering at around 50%. That's very uncommon for most presidents on their way out. 
you know, he's well liked. Uh, you know, so you're giving him the thumbs up. Yeah, man, he's taken some like listen, Obama's done a really good job. Overall, he's done a very, very good job. Obamacare on its own is a marvel of an achievement. That's a huge legacy building thing. Mm-hmm. He um has found practical solutions to complicated problems. Uh, for the most part, hasn't been perfect. He fucked up a few things for sure. Even no, but like, I mean, let's be honest. No one's going to be perfect, right? No, no one's going to be perfect. And, you know, so I think he should be applauded for that job. And I think history is going to teach, is going to treat him well. You know, who history is not treating well is George W. Bush. Oh yeah. And never, I don't think history ever will probably treat him well because he was generally perceived as an, as an incompetent dimwit. Yeah. Dimwit for the last three, four years of his second, you know, yeah. of his presidency at the second yeah. term. So anyway, all this to say, uh, that happened. So it, it's it's definitely going to be Trump for the Republican nominee. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because, like, Paul Ryan doesn't want to endorse him formally. And, like, That's the craziest part about this, Marco right? Rubio, today, Marco Rubio, who Trump mercilessly attacked yeah. during the primary. Yeah. What, like... I guess his name was being flouted as a VP, like a VP ch- choice okay. for, for Trump. Yeah. And Marco Rubio was like, I can't formally advocate <laughs> for this guy. <laughs> and to me, like, that's the thing is for me, that's, that's a sign of your, like your centrism of your yeah. practicality. Cause it's all fucking bluster and chest pump, you know, chest thumping yeah. in any primary. Right. But like the real smart guys, the guys who are like, you know what? I'm shooting myself in the foot here with my own party, but I can't fucking get behind this guy. He's just too stupid. Yeah. He's just too crazy. I what? can't do that. I, yeah. I will destroy my own credibility as a politician and as a human being by going, this is the guy who should be the president. You mm-hmm. know? So anyway, like, you know, that, that happened. And now, and Sanders is just still kicking at the can man on his side. Could you, could you imagine though on, you know, with the Republicans, like those round tables, like the mad scramble round tables that are going on right now. Dude, I like, I would love to be a fly in the wall at the RNC. Oh, Can you imagine? Goodness. We need to take Trump out at any cost. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I bet you they were thinking about that scene in The Godfather Part Two where they're gonna like pin a dead hooker on him or something like that. You know, <laughs> anything we need to do, throw as much money as we can at the son of a bitch. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, there, there literally isn't. There's been no candidate. There's been no character in politics. Dare I say, in the last hundred years, that has like taken hostage an entire political party to the degree that Donald Trump has. Wow, can you believe that shit? Yeah, it's pretty insane. Fucking ridiculous, man. And he's and look, you know, this this guy's got a pension for putting his name in big bold letters on things. He's been married three times. You know, he's giving fucking Hillary Clinton a hard time about bills and discretions. See, I this guy had like a well well documented affair. It's the that's the difficulty with him, right? You can't say anything to him that will affect him. He no. just does not care. He's you know? the ultimate narcissist, this bastard. He has no, that nothing will affect him. He's such a piece of shit, this guy. <laughs> you know? It's like, ah. Uh, you, you know, know? So, so, wow. so anyway, that happened. Sinead O'Connor obviously accused Arsenio Hall, like we were talking about, of killing Prince. Um, fucking this Fort McMurray shit is out of control, man. That, you know, is, uh, yeah, that's incredible. It's I mean, in a bad way, obviously. It's incredible the amount of damage. There hasn't the, been a single casualty. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? Well, I, I, you know, they, they've probably thought about it before, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. It's been a crazy week, man. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, what can you really say about that other than I hope everybody's safe and I hope that they were uh, criticizing Justin Trudeau this this week though. Rona Ambrose. Oh uh, come on, no. Yeah, man. They were they were like, "Where is he? Where's the money?" Yeah, I know it's crazy. Like, so I mean, it's 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 just a situation where the only thing that I really have to say about that is yeah, I hope you know I hope everybody's safe and has a roof over their head. I read a story about a, a poor dude that like got on a flight back to the East Coast and his house had burned down on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, I read that story. That's bad luck. That is horrible. That guy needs to go and buy a lottery ticket because his fucking luck's probably going to turn even, around. I can't even imagine what yeah. the reaction must have been to that, but... Uh, yeah, but whatever. You know, like, I mean, yeah. shit happens. Shit happens. Pull your bootstraps up, right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Who are you? Every time things get too low, that's what they do. Pull your bootstraps up right away. Come on. <laughs> I'll buy all four railroads for $25. <laughs> you sound like you're working a speakeasy or something. No. Okay. I don't. All right, Chris. I think uh, I'm going to call it for the week here. And yeah. You want to know why? Why? Because Uncharted Four came out today. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. If you you don't see movies on time, I don't play video games the same way you do. I know. You what is Uncharted? What is Uncharted Four? Uncharted Four is possibly the last game in a series of very awesome games. And, okay. Uh, What's it about? It's about a uh, treasure hunter. It's 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 comparable to Indiana Jones, but it, it's basically an everyman who who finds these lost treasures. Okay, so so it's out. It's sitting on the PS4, which is sitting right next to me over Ooh. here. Uncharted Four, everybody. So uh, get out, get out, and play that Uncharted Four <laughs> game. No, I'm telling you to get out of my house. So oh, I, I gotta leave. All right, all right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.